You may be seated this evening. Jesus' name. Can we just, one more time, can we just thank the Lord? Jesus, we thank you, Father. Thank you for your stirring. Thank you for your unction, God. Thank you for your anointing. Jesus, your ways are not past finding out. You lead us by the Spirit, God, and understanding and knowledge, revealing to us the deep things of God. We trust in you. We lean on you, Jesus. We lean on you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm just going to read one verse here. In this passage, it speaks of the armor of God. Paul begins to talk about it, the breastplate of righteousness and the girding our loins with truth shotting our feet with preparation of gospel of peace and the helmet of salvation all those things that are that are vital that are important i'm not uh not skipping past them because of because they're not important but just want to focus on what the lord gave me for today so verse 16 of ephesians 6 And this one, this one seems pretty important because the writer says, above all, above all, taking the shield of faith, man, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. I was pretty sure I knew what that word darts meant there, but I looked it up and it can mean either missiles <laughs> I didn't know there was missiles back then. <laughs> missiles or some type of projectile, uh, darts or arrows. Amen. The shield of faith, it shall be able to quench all those things. In whatever, whatever form they come, it's going to quench them. Um, in prayer this morning, the, the Lord put that verse in my mind and then this other passage I want to read quickly in 2 Kings chapter 13. This might be, might be a little bit of, of carryover from Sunday in my spirit and just, it, at least for me personally, what I feel like I need, need God to do. I need, I don't know about you, I, I need some, some victory over some things and some faith I need I, I every day need my faith to be to be quickened and especially recently just felt felt some of those fiery darts getting a little too close and so this morning I was I was in prayer trying to encourage myself in the Lord and I'm thankful I believe he spoke to me and encouraged me so second Kings 13 and verse 15 and now Elijah said to him, he's speaking to the king of, of Israel, and he says to him, and this is actually right at about the time Elisha is, is about to die. And so there's some instability in the king's life. He's, he's facing some opposition. He's facing some, some fiery darts of the enemy. And Elijah says to him, take bow and arrows and he took unto him bow and arrows, and he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow, and he put his hand upon it. And Elijah put his hand upon the king's hands, and he said, Open the window eastward, and he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot, and he shot, and he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt Smite the Syrians and Aphek till thou have consumed them. That's pretty, that's pretty encouraging. Encouraging word from the Lord. But it doesn't stop there. Elijah then says to him, he says, Now I want you to take the arrows 
So there's multiple. Imagine him grabbing a handful of, of arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, Smite the ground. And he smote thrice, or three times, if you don't speak King James. <laughs> he smote thrice, and he stayed, or he stopped. Just three times. <laughs> Verse 19, the man of God, Elisha, was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria till you had consumed it, whereas now you shall smite Syria but three times. Amen. I feel like what, what the Lord was encouraging me in this morning is some fiery darts are <laughs> they're going to come. The, the fiery darts are, are inevitable. From the enemy. And it's easy for us to get discouraged and just hunker down and hear them whizzing by, hear, hear them hitting a little close to home, and our faith to, to waver, our faith to, to falter. But when, when this passage, this story was brought to my mind, I, and, and then I thought of that passage in Ephesians, what I thought of was, when we get a confidence and a faith in God, and, and as I was praying this morning, it, it all kind of came to my mind at once as I was praying, just kind of boldly and confidently some things, feeling a, a breakthrough in, in the spirit that I felt like I desperately needed. And without even, without even realizing what I was doing as I was praying, I just, I just began to go like this. <laughs> Before the, before the story had come to my mind, it wasn't, it wasn't like I thought of the story and then started smiting the ground. I just, and I walk, I walk a lot, if you haven't noticed, kind of high energy, a little fidgety. So I got to move. <laughs> and I do the same thing early in the morning, praying. And I just felt the, the faith of the Lord that I, that I needed over some situations and some things for others that I was praying for and before I even realized, like I said, I just began to pray and say in Jesus' name and whatever else came to mind just in the Holy Ghost. And I, I have a confidence and believe that in faith, the fiery darts that are going to try to come against me, they, they will be quenched. They will be stopped. Uh, but I don't want to I don't want to have to keep fighting some of the same battles over and over and over and over again. I don't believe that that's the, the will of God. There's some, there's some fiery darts that will continue and we quench them, but then we need to move on from, from that battle. We need to move on to, to the next thing and say, okay, God, where do you want to take me from here? Because I'm not going to just continually be defeated by this thing and just defeat it three times and then be consumed by it. And so with, with the story of this king, what I felt like is, those arrows and this, I'm not trying to say this is what the passage meant, but for me, what it kind of represented was taking the very arrows of the enemy and smiting them, just destroying them, saying, you know what, this arrow might represent the fear that the enemy's been trying to come at me with. And I'm just going to, I'm not just going to hit it three times till it splinters a little bit, but I'm going to just completely destroy and obliterate that arrow so that it can't come back to me again. And it might be, for you, it might be fear, or even more specific, it might be a fear of failure. I don't know about you, but for me personally, that's something that I deal with, struggle with. And so as I was praying, I said, Lord, and it's, it, goes, it goes back to the scripture as well of casting our care upon him. It's something that's outside of our control. It's at such a distance that I can't control it anyway. If I can't control if the enemy pulls back and from afar shoots that arrow at me. But I can have a control and a confidence in my, my faith that when it comes, it's going to be quenched. It's going to be stopped. And so I said, God, fear, I, I, I want it to just be destroyed. I want it to be broken. All these things. And so 
whatever it may be for you, I'm not trying to say fear specifically, but I've found in my life personally that if I'm lacking faith, it often is correlated with uh, too much fear. If I have too little faith, it usually means I have too much fear. And so I've, I've just tried to give myself more and more to the Word of God where my faith comes from, that my faith would increase, that my shield would grow in size and, and be able to capture and take in more of those fiery darts. Because I'm tired of having to fight the same battles over and over and over. Tired of having to deal with fear and, and I don't want to just two times or three times conquer those things. But I want to smite them until they are completely destroyed. Amen. So whatever, whatever you might be feeling is coming against you, just face it with faith. It can't be, can't be something that's in your control. It's interesting because a shield is, is not typically a, an offensive weapon, but it's something on, on the defensive. And so you can feel like that you're being backed up against a wall, like you have no, no move to be able to make, no, no offensive strike or nothing in your favor against the enemy. But that's okay. You don't have to. As long as you have faith still standing, faith still there between you and those attacks of the enemy, you're going to be okay. It's going to be all right. You're going to make it. And as simple as it is, I just felt to share a word of faith that wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. Just keep going. Just keep putting up that shield. Just keep saying, you know what, enemy, you can keep sending the fiery darts against me, but they're going to continue to be consumed. Man, they're not going to, they're not going to prevail over me. They're just going to continue to be consumed. Amen. 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 How many of you remember... Oh, three or four weeks ago, we did a Zoom on a Tuesday night. I was upstairs, and you all were all at home in your homes. Who, are, who remembers that? Well, Brother Pablo, you remember that, because you were there. You were here there. Now you're there here. <laughs> I, I, I told Brother Pablo I don't want to put any pressure on him, but I wanted to give him the opportunity to, uh, to greet us and speak to us. I believe the Lord might have some things he wants to say through Brother Pablo. Brother Pablo, amen. Praise the Lord. He uh, gave me a heads up probably like 10 minutes, so I've been warned. <laughs> no excuse. <laughs> um, I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful for the cross-congregational um, body and fellowship that God's given us and it regardless of where you are east side west side it just doesn't feel like you're not home it always feels like home so I'm thankful for that and um, as brother Joel was speaking it reminded me of uh, I had to look it up Luke 18 8 and um, just kind of how God has showed it to me in my um, just in my my um, studying it's, it's talking about, um, I didn't even read my Bible, but uh, it says, uh, Luke 18, 8, it says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And it goes along with what uh, he was saying. It's like when uh, Jesus returns, it's just one thing he's going to be looking for. You know, where's the faithful? Uh, it even says in, in Revelation that, you know, they're called um, faithful, the ones that, that made it. Um, and in old times, that shield, uh, many times they would put metal because it would help um, just uh, those fiery darts, those arrows, it would uh, dampen that and it would be more effective. And the way that I, I perceived it is God is light. And because he's light, when he returns, 
he's going to find the faithful because we still got that shield. And he's going to look, it don't matter where, where you are in the world or where you are in your life, if you got that shield up, that light is going to reflect off of that shield. So just continue to just hold that shield up. You know, it's, if, when he comes back, that's what he's going to look and how he's going to know where that is. It's when he's, that's going to reflect back to him. He's light and that shield. Um, and again, just, just um, uh, what uh, Brother Joe was saying, that um, getting those arrows to the enemy, you know, and striking the earth, uh, David came to mind. And David, you know, Saul's like, hey, you know, try on my armor, you know, here's my, my shield and all these things. And uh, he's like, hey, I'm just going to go with, with what I know, with, with what God's given me. And a lot of times we just got to walk in faith. And he had not proven Saul's, you know, sword or anything. But when the scripture says that he didn't just, he didn't, if you hit it just three times, you're not going to overcome, you know, like God wants you to. But if you engage, I realize that God will provide you what you need once you engage. Because Saul's sword he said, I have not proven this. I don't know how to operate this. It's probably too heavy. But once he came in the name of the Lord and he engaged the enemy, it says that he used Goliath's sword and cut his head. It was just like, I'm going to provide for you along the way. Just engage. And I know your giant might be down, but get that sword and, and just, you know, all the way. We're going all the way here. Uh, we're not get, leaving any doubt. So, um, it's just more of a, a reflection of my brother Joel here speaking, what, what God was talking to me about. But um, God will provide. And you, you face your enemy. And um, hearing some uh, preaching uh, some time ago, he, he was saying that, um, I can't remember the, the term that the preacher used, but he was saying uh, it was just like a, some kind of warfare. But it was that you're going to use the tools that the enemy was using against you you're going to use them against him. You know, if maybe it was fear, if maybe it was whatever, um, you're going to use that against the enemy. You know, if you were maybe battling depression or whatever it was, you're going to be able to minister to people in that situation, you know, whether financial, whatever it might have been, uh, a past. Um, God will enable you, but we have to face our enemies. So same thing with uh, Goliath. He got the weapon from his enemy, and he cut that head off. So I just want to encourage the body of Christ here in Union Gap to uh, face that enemy, um, our shields, our faith. God's going to, it's going to reflect that light when he returns. So just uh, the faith, the faith. In Jesus' name, God bless you all. It's great to be here. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Pablo. Amen. I want you to look at Second Chronicles chapter 32. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 32. We'll start at verse 2. I just want to do a little bit of reading so we can get to a verse. Second Chronicles, Chronicles chapter 32 verse 2. a lot of books, a lot of chapters in that book. And this is the second one. Everybody say amen. amen. <clears throat> and when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib was come and that he was purposed to fight against Jerusalem, he took counsel with his princes and his mighty men to stop the waters of the fountains which were without the city, and they did help. So there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Verse 5, Also he strengthened himself, we're talking about Hezekiah, strengthened himself and built up all the wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers and another wall, without two walls. Everybody say two walls. two walls. 
and repaired Milo or Milo in the city of David and made darts and shields in abundance. Well, in case you didn't know it, there's a verse here that says darts and shields. If you haven't been listening already. He made darts and shields, not a few of them, not even just one for each person. He made them in abundance. Verse 6, he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city and spake comfortably to them, saying, Be strong and courageous, be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him, for there be more with us than with him. Verse 8, with him is an arm of flesh. Everybody say flesh. With him is an arm of flesh, the king of Assyria and all the men that are with him. They're just fighting with arms of flesh. Now in my flesh, I've seen some arms that I thought, I don't know if I could take that arm if it was me against him in the flesh. He says here, with him's an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord, our God, to do two things, to help us and to fight our battles. Those are two different things. Our God is with us to help us and to fight our battles. Now, if he only did one of those two things, we wouldn't have the victory. If he fought all of our battles, but he didn't help us after the victory, we wouldn't maintain the victory. And if he helped us, but then we decided, I got it from here, I'll fight this battle, we wouldn't win the victory. Our Lord is here to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. I want you to look at Judges chapter 7. We'll start at verse 15. Judges 7 verse 15. Just a few more verses I want to read. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Now, I'm trying to save you some time by jumping ahead here, but so... Remember Gideon was first the guy that it says he was hiding behind a wine press and an angel came to him and said, hey, world's strongest man, how are you feeling? <laughs> and he's like, who said that? It sounded kind of scary. No, he says, thou mighty man of valor. And he tells him, the Lord's with you. You're going to fight and you're going to win against this army of Midian. And so Gideon goes down and, and he overhears, he's there to spy and he overhears one of the Midianites army soldiers telling another one about a dream that he had. And he said, I, I just see we're down here in the valley in, in, in our camp and was it bread? Is that what it was or was it a rock? Does anybody remember? A cake of barley. I saw a cake of barley roll down the hill. Giant one. It's not the muffin man. So I saw it rolling down the hill and it smashed our camp. And we were destroyed. And uh, all of a sudden, I really don't feel like fighting anymore. Brother. The Gideon's just overhearing this, right? He goes down and he sneaks and he hears this dream. He, it wasn't even his dream. It was their dream. But he heard it. 
It says when he heard of them telling the dream, he knew this is not just me anymore. This is not just my idea. This is not just me hoping and wishing and thinking and praying that we're going to win. They know we're going to win. I guarantee you when that soldier A told soldier B, soldier B did not keep that dream to himself. Somewhere he's going and he's getting ready and loading up and sharpening his spear or whatever, and he's talking to soldier C and D and E, and you won't believe what soldier A just told me about this dream that he had. And it's going down the line. It's making its way down the line. And before you know it, this dream is starting to get in their mind of the enemy. And they're thinking, I, I don't know. I thought I was pretty confident about all of this. And I thought I was going to be eating some good Israelite food. But I'm starting to wonder, get a little worried. Again, let me read this one. When Gideon heard the dream, heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Everybody say the word time. 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 I've seen this in a lot of what we've read here tonight. Time and timing. Because Gideon got up and he is, he's talking like the battle's already fought and won. He says, good news, boys. The Lord has given us the victory. And they're like, okay, so that, does that mean we don't have to fight? We don't have to go to war? We, we just go home? How do, what's going on? Well, no, we still got to do our part. But I know the Lord is going to give us the victory. Go back, if you would, to where Brother Hart started and... Elisha said, as that arrow was shot out the window, he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and deliverance from Syria, you will fight until they are consumed. All right. I like the sound of that. And then we saw what happened in the next verse. You got to do your part. Take these arrows, smite the ground. I already told you you're going to fight and you're going to win. You're going to fight till they're consumed. Now do your part. He takes them. He hits three times. He says, all right. Well, I thought you were going to win. But if this is any, any indication of you doing your part, I don't know about this. Yeah, you're going to win once. You're going to win twice. You're going to win three times. But... No longer are you going to fight until they are consumed. Everybody say time. The, the victory was promised ahead in advance. Given the word is given. The promise is given. You are going to fight. You are going to win. Your enemy is going to be consumed. Destroyed. But now. I don't know that it's going to happen. Or at least not into completion, at least not to fulfillment. They say, I have a part. Go back to Hezekiah. And they start by making, a, what was it? Darts and shields in abundance. But then he says, don't even worry about the king. Don't be fearful. We're going to win because the Lord is going to help us and he's going to fight our battles. And with his help, we just do our part and he gives us victory. Now here, again, next verse, if you would, Brother Timothy. He divided the 300 men into three companies. I just got to do this. So how many in each company? A hundred. Kids, if you're watching, do your math. If he did it evenly, that's a good point. So he divided them into companies. He put a trumpet in every man's hand. 
So how many trumpets did he have? We're testing, you're listening. 300. He put a trumpet in every man's hand. It's a lot of trumpets. With empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. Next verse. And he said unto them, look on me and do likewise. Love the fact that that Gideon, the, the scaredy cat, is now Gideon, the general. You just have to do what I say. We, we already read it. The Lord's given the victory. You just do what I say. Take your trumpet. Take your pitcher with the lamp in it. Look on me. And do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that I... That as I do, ye shall do. Watch me and do what I do. Verse 18. When I blow with a trumpet, and I, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp, and say. Everybody read this next part with me. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. When we do it, you do it. We're going to blow the trumpet. We're going to say the sword of the Lord in Gideon. Keep reading. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came up. There's, our, there's the fact that it's evenly a hundred men, right? Now the other, yeah, it could have been two nine, you know, 101 and 99. I don't know. I'm just making sure you're listening. All right. Engage all, all of the senses. So Gideon and the hundred men that are with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle of the watch and they had but newly set the watch and they blew the trumpets, break the pitchers that were in their hands. Keep going. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hand and the trumpets in their right hand to blow with all. And they cried, everybody say it with me, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Keep going, we're almost done. They stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the host ran and cried and fled. That's not the host of Gideon, that's the host of the Midianites. Keep going. The 300 blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against his, his fellow. Even throughout all the host, and the host fled to Beth and Zerath to the border. Keep going. And the men of Israel gathered themselves together unto Naphtali out of Asher and pursued after the Midianites. I, thought, I felt the Lord give me this, this thought or this question as, as these men were speaking. This is what happens when the sword of the Lord is your sword. When his word is your word. When his word is your weapon. Brother Hart was talking about the shield. And that's a defensive weapon. All of that armor of God, if you don't know, is defensive. The breastplate, the feet, the helmet, it's all defensive. The one offensive weapon, you know what it is? The sword, what's, oh, what is it? Come on, Bible quizzers, say it all, say it right. Nope. The sword of the Spirit. That's all right, we all get credit here tonight. The sword of the, take ye the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. What happens? The story of Gideon, Gideon shows us what happens when God's sword is your sword, when His weapon is your weapon. I wonder how many times we find ourselves in a battle, a spiritual battle. And we start reaching for every other weapon except the sword of the Spirit. 
Oh, let me call my cousin. Because I think he went through this about a year ago. See how he made it through. Let me start looking around at the spiritual climate of all the Christians I know. Find somebody that's kind of going through something that seems kind of like what I'm going through. Talk to them a little bit. We start reaching for things. Uh, hear me. I'm just trying to give you what the Lord gave me, and I'm a little afraid to say this, but sometimes we start to look in the wrong parts of the word. And we think, I know I'm in a battle, and I know the Bible says something about this. Now, I'm not, hear me, I'm not telling you don't go read your Bible. I'm telling you, make sure the word that you get is the word of God for your situation. Do it in context. Make sure you understand it. Come and ask me if you have a question. I'm right here. You got my phone number? If you don't, get it. Make sure we do this correctly. Oh. Don't go looking through, oh. Don't go looking through every Christian page and channel that you follow trying to find something that matches your situation. Somebody needs to hear this. Every word of God is not a word from God to you for your situation. That's not the first time that this has been said by me here. Probably about two months ago I said it. It's possible to hear, to read, to share, to speak a Bible verse or something that Bishop said in the past or something that Elder Flowers said and you use that and say, well, that's just a word from God. This is the, hear me please, this is the importance of having a fresh word from God every day. I don't know. Is anybody going to not go through a battle tomorrow? Because if you're not, maybe you're exempt. Do you know? Can anybody raise your hand and tell me? Nope, tomorrow's, tomorrow's uh, free and clear for me. No. You've got to have the word of God for that day, for this situation. Every person that proclaims or claims to be a Christian, a man of God, and so therefore they feel like they can start spewing off things that sound Christian is not going to help you every time you need help. I've heard some wonderful messages preached by wonderful men of God. Some of them, I could go right now on YouTube and find it and watch it. And I know it was a word from God to me for that day that I heard it, that I received it. But that doesn't mean I should just be watching it right now and expect that to be my answer. Go to the, go to the children of Israel in the wilderness. Every day God decided to give them manna, but he told them, you only take enough for this day. Tomorrow's manna will be there tomorrow. Today's manna is not going to do you any good tomorrow. In fact, this stuff has such an expiration date on it that if you try to eat this tomorrow, you're going to get sick. I'm going to see to it that it makes you sick. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy in your pursuit of me and my word and my spirit. I will give you what you need when you need it. Do you remember the one exception? It was for the Sabbath. You take two the day before because you're not going to get any on the Sabbath. I don't know how he did that. A double portion? One day a week? But he did it. Put a little extra, whatever that right there is that 
keeps it another 24 hours. But only on one day. I feel the Lord is wanting to help us tonight. Every single one of us, we have battles. Every day, we have battles. Most of us, every day, we have more than one battle. If you're married, that's one right there. Fighting for your marriage is the battle. Not fighting against your spouse. If you got a kid, that's two battles. Oh, I heard compounding math. If, you got, if you're married and you got a kid, that's not one battle, that's not two battles, that's three battles. Because now you got you and your relationship with your spouse, you got you and your relationship with your child, and you got your co-parenting relationship with your child. I got, oh, you see how it compounds? I, oh, no, you let me handle it today. I know what it needs to be done for this kid. Or you're going to lose another battle over here if you're not careful. Compounding battles. If you got more than one kid, you can keep compounding. If you work a job, that's not just one battle. How many of you have coworkers? I'm just telling you, the Lord wants to help us because he knows the nature of our humanity, the nature, nature and course of our lives puts us in a, in, on a battlefield. And then he says, are you going to try to fight this battle? And lose. I know that's harsh. But the Lord will let you lose enough battles to teach you you're going to lose them all if you don't lean on him. If you don't let him fight your battles. He's going to, he, he will teach you that and he'll take you through however many losses he has to take you through. I need him. I need his word the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know, your sword, the, be the better, okay, hear me, I'm trying to hurry. I'm, I know we're getting up close to time. I'm trying to hurry. The better you get at wielding your sword, the less you have to rely on your shield. Because, oh, what is that coming at me? That's a fiery dart. Kind of like one of those fruit chef games. You know, chopping the fruit. That was like an old iPhone game. But I can do that with the sword of the Spirit if I know the Word of God. And if it's quick to me in my spirit... I, I see a dart coming a mile away, and I think, no, uh I got the weapon for that. I don't even need to hide and hope that that one blows over. Psh, I'm going to get it before it gets me. With the word. With the word of God. That's why we need to know the word of God. Again, it's why we need to know the word of God and not what other people say about the word of God. I can only hit the arrows that I see coming. And all the other men and women of God in your life, they can only hit them when they see them coming. And if they're not with you, they're not going to hit them. You have to. Or you get your shield. Or God forbid, you have to absorb that one. This is why we got to know the word of God. This is why we have to know the word of God. Inside and out. Frontwards and back. It's something to aspire to. I don't know it inside and out, frontwards and back. 
I'm still trying. I'm still gathering and I'm still listening. But the Lord helps us. As, as Hezekiah said, the Lord helps us and the Lord fights our battles. I need the Lord to fight my battle. Why don't we stand? I want us to pray here together. I know I, the Lord's not done talking, but I'm done talking. I think he wants to start talking to you. I want you to open your ears. I want you to listen. I want you to speak and commune with the Lord. Let him speak this into your spirit. God, you know what I need. You know what I need this day, oh God. I'm not trying to fight my own battle, Lord, and I'm not trying to pick a fight with anybody. I just want to let you help me. God, I just want to be in your service. I just want to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. God, I want to have this shield of faith, Lord, that would quench every fiery dart of the enemy. God, I want to have the sword of the Spirit. I want to have the Word of God hidden in my heart. I want to have it fresh in my mind. I want to have it speaking in my mouth, Lord. God, I need it every day. I need it every day, every moment, Lord Jesus. I yield myself to you, God, until Christ be formed in me. I yield myself to you, Jesus. Lord, in your name, come on, would you just talk to the Lord a little bit? Would you just talk to the Lord a little bit? God, I'm listening for the sound of your voice. I'm listening for the clear sound, God, of your voice. I want it to register in my spirit, God. I want it to register and speak words of life. I want it to speak words of faith. God, I want it to speak words of hope. I want it to speak words of understanding. Jesus, I lean upon you. I lean upon you, Lord Jesus. You're my rock, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, in your name. You know every battle here, Lord Jesus. Everyone that each person is facing here, God. Those that are parents with children, Lord. You know the battles that they're facing. Those that are husbands or wives, God. You know the battles they're facing. Lord, those that are trying to be a Christian. Those that are trying to walk closer to you. You know the battles that we're facing, Lord Jesus. God, and you go before us every day. You set every step, Lord, for us. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's cast our cares on the Lord for a moment. Come on, if there's something you've been carrying around more than a day, more than a few days, and it's weighing on your mind or it's weighing on your spirit, you need to cast that on the Lord right now. Come on, don't let a weight beset you. Don't let a weight press you down or hold you down. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I cast it to you right now. I cast this care to you right now, God. I've already learned. I've already proven. I can't handle it myself, God. I don't have the answers, Lord Jesus, so I'm giving it to you. I'm trusting it in your hands, Jesus. I'm trusting it in your hands right now, oh God. I give it to you, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, why don't you just raise your hands for a moment. Come on, raise your hands and receive some strength from the Lord here. God, I surrender to you. 
I surrender myself to you right now, Lord Jesus. I'm withholding nothing, O God. I'm not holding anything back, Lord Jesus. I'm receiving what you are giving right now, Lord. I'm receiving the strength that you are giving right now, Jesus. I pray minister to my brother and my sister, Lord. I pray minister to them right now in the name of Jesus. Impart strength, Lord. Impart faith, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, somebody needs to keep praying. I'm not trying to belabor this, but I feel the Lord is just right there in front of you. If you would press into His Spirit. Come on, press into His Spirit. Let the Lord fight this battle. Let the Lord fight this battle. I want to be in your company, Lord Jesus. I want to be in your company, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I give it to you, Lord. I give it to you, Lord Jesus. God in your name. God in your name. I pray the helmet of salvation right now, O oh God. I pray the helmet of salvation upon your people, O oh God. God, that it would help. God, that it would insulate. God, that it would guard the mind of your child right now. Jesus, that it would withstand, Lord, every attack of the enemy that comes against the mind right now. God, I speak a word of faith in the name of Jesus. I speak a word of faith right now, Lord. God, I declare victory in Jesus' name. I declare victory, Lord. The battle belongs to you, Jesus. You are my victor. You are my shield. You are my sword. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Receive what the Lord's doing here. Receive what the Lord is doing here. In the name of Jesus.
name of Jesus. Amen. I want to remind you. I want to remind you what the Lord said. It's about timing. Victory is about timing. And you've got a part to do. Every single one of you that is here tonight, you have a part to play in your victory. But it's not the part you think it is. It's getting out of the way. It's letting the Lord fight the battle. It's not leaning on our own strength, our own understanding. It's letting the Lord fight our battle. When he gives you instruction, it's, that's what all a soldier does is take instruction. Take orders. Take orders. You want to be a mighty spiritual warrior? Take orders. Don't go look for battles. Take orders. Can you imagine if we just let every soldier in our military go and decide who and what they want to fight? You want to talk about chaos? Uh-uh. That's why they spend weeks, months learning to take orders. I'm not even going to let you see the battlefield until I know you will take orders. Amen. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm listening for the sound of your voice. I'm listening for the direction of your word. I'm listening for the orders, Lord Jesus. I'm listening for the orders, God, and in my own situation, God, you will speak. You will speak with clarity, Lord. You will give direction. You will give an order. You will set it forth, Lord. I'm tuning my ears to the sound of your voice. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'd like to praise the Lord. And uh, God bless this, uh, this service and everyone here. In the name of Jesus, may the battle be won, allowing us, allowing the Lord to help us and to uh, fight our battle, fight our battles. You're dismissed.